Here is what you need to know about fireplaces and wood stoves and gas stoves here in the Colorado Springs and Front Range area. Watch the video to the end. I'll give you a lot of great information. Hey guys, really quick before we get into the meat of this video, I just wanted to say really fast, if you haven't done so already, number one, make sure you hit that subscribe button and that notification bell down below. We put at least two videos out a week and I want you to stay updated on all the new videos we have coming out about the area so that way you can stay in tune to what's happening, things to do, and check out all the cool stuff out here. Also, I wanted to say, if you've got any questions whatsoever, please do not hesitate to call us at our team number, 719-266-2725. You could also email us at info at jdmret.net, and we will get back to you as quickly as possible. And that's any questions with anything whatsoever, uh, whether it's real estate related or just coming out here to visit or moving to this area, anything you've got question-wise, or even if you've got something else that you want to uh, just mention that might be a great video uh, to be able to do that you haven't seen yet, please please, please, please reach out. Uh, you can either call that number at 719-266-2725 or shoot us that email at info at jdmret.net or you can also post a comment in the messages below and we will absolutely get back to you as quickly as possible to answer all those. We serve as this area, we live in this area and we represent this area. We love working here. So hope you guys enjoy this video. Okay, so this is gonna be a short video but I get these questions a bunch and I know why. And a lot of it's because most of us that come here have lived in the East Coast at some point, might not have had a fireplace out here in the Colorado area, but there's some really cool little nuances that I definitely want you to know, especially with aspens and ponderosa, ponderosa pines uh, that we have out here that's very different from what you're used to dealing with uh, back on the East Coast side. So specifically, we're going to talk about wood being used in fireplaces and wood stoves and the efficiencies that you can see in a lot of these. So there's a lot of really cool places that you will find out here that will have some really old antique looking wood stoves or wood fireplace inserts, and they look really cool. And they might work fairly well for what they're doing, but just know, you know, there's a lot of efficiencies that have come out in some of these newer models that is able to produce a lot of heat for a substantial amount of time. And in the process of doing that, uh, make it a very, very easy thing to manage uh, as opposed to just constantly having to load wood, load wood, load wood. Now, let me tell you a little bit of a story about myself and my wife when we moved here. So we've got a house. It's technically got two fireplaces. Now, the downstairs fireplace we were never going to use. Um, the folks that we had bought our home from had a really old wood stove in it and they burned and burned and burned so much wood in there without having it get cleaned out. We believe there was a chimney fire from that one fireplace down there at one point. Now, the cool thing about it being downstairs was that it was going to heat the entire house without having to use much of anything else energy-wise to pay for to heat the home. The bad thing was because I had the chimney fire in there, it was going to cost us ten dollars to $15,000 to replace that chimney. Now, because we had two fireplaces, we also had one upstairs. Now, the previous owners had never used the one upstairs. It was more for looks than anything else. Now, this is a traditional old school style fireplace, open face, and all we had was like a stand-up grate that would go in front of it. Really cool for us at first because we're like, yeah, we get to use a fireplace all the time. This is going to be awesome. What I didn't know coming into that was, was having an open fireplace like that 
even with the heat that it's generating out, it actually takes heat out of the house. This was mind blowing to me. I spoke to quite a few fireplace experts and they all say the same thing. And it really makes sense when you think about it. When there's no face on the front of that fireplace, nothing's keeping that wind from draft or drawing in to the fireplace. So all that warm air you have in the house, it's drawing it from the back of the house all the way into the fireplace and up and out the chimney. It'll actually make your heating system work harder in the house a lot of times, especially in the back rooms because it's pulling all that warm out as it drafts. And it's because it's an open face. Also, there's not a whole lot you can do to regulate that. I mean, it's just an open flame out there. So when we use that fireplace, we would just dump wood, just more and more wood through that. We'd go through three or four cords a year if we ran it all year. And it would be like every 30 to 45 minutes, we were putting more wood logs in there. So we knew something had to change. So we got one of these new fireplace inserts um, down at a fireplace store in Colorado Springs. And with that fireplace insert, what it did was it fit right into our fireplace. It almost looks like a wood stove, but it's the insert that goes in. It's fully enclosed in the front. And these new fireplace inserts, these new wood stoves, they've got uh, catalytic converters. I think they're catalytics. I don't know. I'm probably mispronouncing the technical term for it, but it's basically this honeycomb thing that's in there. So when you've got it in and you're starting the fire up and they've got to be very specific at the way you start it, you start the door open. So it's got plenty of air, but you're trying to get it to draft up. And these things are so efficient that with a lined uh, flue that goes all the way up to the top, um, you've got to get lots of heat going in there to really push it up. Cause as it gets cold in the winter months, it's wanting to push that smoke back down. So you're trying to build that draw that pulls that heat in or pulls the oxygen in from the living area and then pushes that heat out at the top. So once you get that going, you're able to close that thing down and it's got this little thermostat on the top. And when it gets too active on there, that means that the converter is active now, the little honeycomb. And if you were to go down and look at it through the little glass window on there, you could actually see it glowing. So once this activates, we're able to shut our flue down completely. And then we've got a dial on the side. And when it's active, we're able to adjust that dial based on what temperature we want in the house. And it works like an old school rheostat um, that actually controls its own smaller flu. And it continues to cycle the smoke back and back and forth through that honeycomb and utilizes an insanely efficient amount of, of heat and fuel source within that. So we load that thing up and it would take maybe three or four good size logs, like medium logs, and it's loaded up completely once it's actually going and it's on fire. We shut that thing down. It's got about 10 different little settings on there. We usually set ours on three and it'll keep our entire main level of our house at about 68 to 70 degrees all day. The really cool thing about it too is, is when you turn that rheostat down, what it's doing is it's got a coil in there, like an old school AC rheostat, and it, and it swells and shrinks based on the temperature setting. So when you set it on that, you're setting, you're basically setting temperature and it's different for every household. So number three for me might be number four or number two for you, depending on your altitude and what size the house is, all that fun stuff. But you set that and it's got its own little flu in there. So you've got the main flu shut and this little flu is opening and closing based on what it senses temperature wise on that little rheostat and whether it needs to stoke the fire or temper the fire down. And it keeps the fire going the entire time. I can load that thing up at eight o'clock at night, go to sleep. It'll keep that entire main level at 68 degrees, right around that plus or minus about two or three degrees. I could wake up in the morning at five, 530 go in there and it's still going and feed it sometimes six or six thirty, depending on how late I wake up 
feed that thing and just keep it going. Just load it up again and set it again. It is so simple and it is so efficient. And we go through so much less wood and it's so much less hassle. And when you're out there splitting the wood, it kind of sucks after a while. So the new stoves do a lot of the same things. Now, you can also get a gas stove or a gas fireplace insert and you can set those up to actual uh, thermostats. So they come on and off based on the thermostat. You see that happen a lot uh, in a lot of um, basements or just like particular rooms that those are placed in that somebody wants to keep separated from the rest of the house or keep at a different temperature on that or they just want the ambiance from it. But really the wood stoves and the wood fireplaces where this makes a big bang for your buck. Now there's a lot of folks that might have looked in other areas of Colorado. There are places in Colorado that actually restrict that you can't do any newer wood stoves or wood fireplaces. And the reason for that they cite is because of fire, fire danger. If a fireplace is done correctly and the wood stove is done correctly and it's installed correctly and it's in a closed environment, it is not going to be a fire danger. Now you do have to make sure these are cleaned annually because creosote can actually build up in these two and you can end up with a chimney fire like what happened on my downstairs fireplace. So you definitely want to make sure it's managed and maintained correctly, but these systems, if used correctly, are very safe uh, as, you, as you utilize these. And you are allowed to have these and you are allowed to add these in Teller and El Paso County. So that's really important for you to know and understand. Um, so as far as fuel is concerned, like wood type fuel. So we have two primary sources of fuel out here, pine and aspen. So aspen is actually a hard wood. Even though it never feels that hard, it's kind of soft. It's that smooth bark out there. And aspen burns really clean and really hot. Now, if you could burn your fireplace strictly off aspen, you're going to have the least amount of creosote buildup. You're going to have probably some of the hotter fires as well. And it just works a lot nicer than pine. But aspen's more expensive to purchase than pine is. Pine, or ponderosa pine particularly, is something that you can use in your fireplace. Now, back east, if you told somebody to put pine in their fireplace, they'd look at you like you were crazy because you're going to have massive amounts of creosote, you're going to have massive amounts of black smoke, all kinds of problems. You don't put pine into a fireplace back east. That's Georgia pines or southern pines. Those things are not pines you put in there. Up here at altitude um, and in Colorado, ponderosa pines and the pines we have up here are perfectly safe to put in your fireplace. We typically run pine most of the year and ours on uh, there. You just got to make sure it's seasoned for about a year or two on there. But it's, and you do end up with a little bit more creosote buildup than aspen. It's not as clean burning, but it's still perfectly fine to use and it works great. So you get a lot more sources of wood sources out here as well. Depending on where you're getting and if it's getting delivered or not, you can normally end up paying anywhere from two to $300 for a cut, split, and delivered cord of wood. Um, and that really depends on who you're getting it from too. But I really hope that this video kind of helps explain some of that about the fireplaces, about the wood stoves um, that are out there. And we've got plenty of specialists out here that are licensed to go out there and clean those and evaluate them to make sure they're working properly. So I really hope this provides some good information for you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that video. And I just want to say again, really quick before you send off the page, make sure you hit that subscription button and that notification bell down below. Uh, that keeps you updated with all the new videos that we got coming out each week. And also, if you got any questions whatsoever for us, we are local uh, experts of these areas and we are local uh, real estate agents within these areas. And we love helping people out. We got people calling us all the time uh, for these, but please just call us 719-266-2725 or you can email us at info at jdmret.net. And we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time.